With the new Omicron variant sweeping the globe, how do we finally put an end to this pandemic? How do we save lives and get business back to normal so everybody can put dinner on the table? Simple. The federal government needs to require vaccines, including booster shots, for everyone in America. Nobody. Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. Going to be a little bit of a shorter show, probably about as long as last time, but maybe a little bit less. But we're going to get into some important topics around ethylene oxide that was just recently shared with me. Sort of reiterating another point we've made a long time ago with some new information that shows you yet again just another small aspect of this. And it is small in comparison to all the real big gigantic problems in your face. But one small actual risk involved in all this that has to do with the PCR test. And we're also going to go over some little bit of foreign policy to start. But the main part we're going to get into is around the the continued push of the illusion, even from the people that I, I actually argue that a lot of people in the congressional video we're going to show genuinely don't realize they're wrong not to not to remove them of accountability even remotely because they're accountable for their own ignorance the 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 belief that they can just trust what authorities above them tell them like the cdc and so on but the bottom line is and i'm not really necessarily above them or so on but just believe them because they're the supposed experts in that field but they're the people passing legislation around this allowing mandates even though that's not supposed should allow it is a very generous term Yet they're confused about whether it even stops transmission, pushing back against conversations about that or whether or not they're giving approved versions or emergency authorized versions. This is basic level stuff. And yet they're confused about it. And what does that show you? Who are they listening to? Who's controlling what they're doing or rather influencing what they're doing? We're also going to talk about uh, as well as that the fi- final point, actually, not a lot to get into today, but around the idea of the carbon tracking point which is something we're continuing to show you a lot around and how this is all light leading into that direction. And now this isn't some futuristic idea. They're building this out now, and we need to see that. Now, whether you agree with it or not is a different conversation. It's the idea of whether they have the right to institute these things, to reduce farming and reduce nitrogen use and reduce carbon and track the carbon, all of these things, and how that influences your life and the action, the, the reduction in food supply, the reduction in goods the insecurity around your life and food and otherwise based on their actions and what they've decided for you is the right thing. And now whether or not it is, it should be your choice. And these are places that pretend that they're free look, you know, countries, free areas that they can let people think for themselves and free speech and free. And yet every moment they get the opportunity to prove that they go the other direction. Now I want to start really quickly by giving a shout out to a, a great a, a round table. I was on essentially today where Allison Morrow had on uh, Nazarene Veronica, who was one of the people that was invited on the BBC documentary called Unvaccinated. It actually first was supposed to be called Why Are You Not Vaccinated? A little too on the nose. And that's exactly the point. Now, she admitted herself that she was very hesitant to do it because she knew what they are and she knew what they would do. Just ask if Eva Bartlett, Vanessa Bealy, and plenty of others who have been dragged through the mud for giving them the benefit of the doubt. They might just hear their opinion out. Long since been the case for them. They know well what this, especially the BBC is today. 
But then, of course, she found out that they selectively edited it, actually used parts of things she said in wrong places, like used her reactions to that she reacted to different, completely different parts of the whole time she was there and used that reaction like eye rolling in regard to a scientific statement made by one of their experts as if she was rolling her eyes to what they were saying, and that's not even how it went down. Just gross misrepresentation. Again, not journalism, propaganda. Anyway, we have this great roundtable discussion, and I'm there to produce the science and to counter what they're saying. And it's, as you know, very easy to do so. But watch it for yourself. It was a great back and forth and a great discussion. On that same, uh, on the note of, of other new shows coming forward, I wanted to let, give you one more update on the Rockfin show. That's why I included this, that... Due to a couple of certain reasons I'm not going to get into, we just keep having to delay it. I'm going to have the beginning show out this week. And and unfortunately, the interviews that I'm excited to show you, Carrie Wedler, Jason Bassler, just keep getting pushed out a day. And I'm waiting for the graphic and so on, but we'll get there. It'll be this week, and it'll be one coming every week after that. On another exciting note, not just certain it's going to happen, uh, depends on them. I was contacted by Sovereign as well to potentially do a Sovereign exclusive type show. Now, I'm, I'm battling all these because I don't want to have to balance these between this show but nonetheless it's still a good opportunity to broaden these things out because we know how censored the central t-lab and avenues are so the more we can use these other avenues to get these shows out and use their marketing teams and their you know everything else it'll help the message get out so look forward to that and it will mix up the content a little bit as well and it also helps this platform continue but going forward to start Foreign policy. I wanted to make this point first. As I'm sure you've all seen, it's been discussed. U.S. kills the Al-Qaeda leader. Right. I don't know why we would take that at face value. Of course, I shared this on my account with it. <laughs> I should have just grabbed that, that meme of the kid with his blinking eyes and his face looking like I don't, you know, just, I, I don't buy it. I don't believe this for one second kind of a thing. And the frustrating part about this is that these this is the very same government that's lied to you about all sorts of other things around foreign policy where they've been caught. I mean, just look at what's going on in Ukraine. If you want a real-time, moment-to-moment example of how they'll lie about anything under the sun to get their agenda across, but why this happened now, especially because of all the discussions around whether or not this person has been used and worked with, with them, sort of like Osama bin Laden right up until he was the bad guy with the U.S. government, but just to make the quick point about the idea that, yet again, this is somebody that was supposedly killed before. Now, were they wrong then? Are they lying now? Were they lying then? Are they wrong now? Who knows? You're not supposed to question anything anymore. They said it, therefore it's fact, right? Just like New Zealand's part, prime minister said, if we say it is true, if anybody else says anything else is wrong, it's fake news. <laughs> so even if we agree with you somewhere else, we're wrong then? That's a really stupid statement, isn't it? But on top of that, realize that this is not new, guys. This has been the recurring reality for anything they wanted to go, guess what we just did? Oh, later it turns out it wasn't real. This is just an example to show you it's not just Biden. Here's Trump doing the same thing. Trump killed Baghdadi in 2019 for the 45th time. Well, just to show you, this has been an ongoing reality. This is a 2010 article writing about the absurdity of the deaths of al-Baghdadi. But here's an example of the U.S. killing him in 2014. Here's an example of Russia killing him in 2017. And it goes on and on and on. That's Baghdadi. The point, though, is that this is something that's used Again, it could even even Osama bin Laden, people argue whether or not he was alive when all that went down, showing him continually weirdly looking younger as the years go on with the videos they've used. There's a lot of up in the ear points, but the bottom line is there is plenty of evidence to show that they lie about stuff like this when they want to. But all that being said, this is why I brought it up today, just to make sure you question all of that. Here's what came out afterward to give you a little more reason to question it. U.S. State Department issues a worldwide caution to all American citizens. First of all, making you shelter in place to a, you know, stay where you are because danger 
sort of just lines up with everything else they're pushing from a thousand different angles to stay where you are. Don't move lockdown quarantine. But that's a small point. The real point for me is the idea of just hype and fear and, and, I guess, setting the table for just anything to happen anywhere that can be blamed on people maybe inside this country. They're working with bad guys outside of it. Where's that narrative feel familiar from? Oh, that's right. They've been screaming about domestic terrorism, working with bad guys overseas and white supremacy and conservative MAGA people in Q and all this stuff that they're driving into your brain. That has real no basis in reality. That Of course, there are bad people. There are white supremacists. These people exist, but they're using broad whitewashing arguments about anybody in a red hat or anybody that was even at that rally or anybody just this childish level arguments but the point is this as it says the u.s state department on tuesday issued a worldwide caution to u.s citizens following this killing that you know who knows if it even happened the department of state remains concerned remains of course because they've been on a heightened threat since they've been in existence to the continued threat of terrorist attacks demonstrations and other violent actions against u.s citizens and interest overseas Higher potential for American, anti-American violence. Current information suggests that terrorist organizations continue to plan terrorist attacks against U.S. interests in multiple regions across the globe. These attacks may employ a wide variety of tactics, including suicide operations, assassinations, kidnappings, hijackings, and bombings. It's like we've always forgotten about all this stuff, right? All this foreign policy, bad guy, war on terrorism stuff. They just push this back into your, the forefront of your mind. Well, first of all, ask yourself, what, what made this trigger? What was the reason they're so concerned? Oh, that's right. They went out of their way to assassinate somebody all the way over there. Now, we could point out if what they say is true, it's a terrible, terrible bad guy, bad guy, right? But did they go through any kind of legal process? Did we prove those things? How do we know what they're saying is true? Don't they say all these things about any leader anywhere that they don't like? I'm not trying to downplay terrorism and how bad bad people can be. The frustrating point is that we go on everything based on what they tell you. They being a group that's lied to you about every possible thing you could point at. According to them, Assad has gassed children every Thursday, but that's not true. Their own information shows that's not true. Or according to what happened in Ukraine, they say that the bad guys shot people in Maidan Square, except we have on the record that they know that it was U.S. backed people that, backed people that did it. And they blame them anyway. On and on and on. For all we know, this guy's not even dead. and He's still working there and he works for the CIA. These are not hard things to wrap your mind around. So the point is that this action is why you're at risk. Are you at risk because they want to hurt you or are you at risk because they're the ones murdering people around the world? It's a valid point to think about, right? And then we can talk about the blowback concept, which plenty of American people have talked about for a long time. Pundits, politicians, everybody. The idea that what they're doing, even if you childishly believe they're doing it for good reasons, you know, stomping around the world for freedom as they murder and destroy and, you know, I mean, everything. Starve to death, all in the interest of freedom, they say. You know, they tried really hard to save Afghanistan for 20 plus years and it's worse than ever. They tried really hard to save Syria. And, uh, you know, come on, guys. They are batting zero. Either they're really bad at fighting for freedom or they use that excuse to cover their terrible actions. It's not hard to see. Now, that does not mean the American people understand because the American people are this country. They're the government. That's not the country. You're the country. So to pretend that talking about them and what they're doing is somehow anti-American is, again, a conflation of the reality that's actually completely contradictory to what this country represents. But it goes on to say, current information suggests that terrorists, oh, I read that already. The point is, the next point, that there's all these different possible attacks and all over the, I mean, suicide operations, assassinations. Who's actually been the most example, like suicide operations first, where, where is that happening? Where are the examples of this? It's weird how all these bad guy terrorists just kind of put on pause all these operations. 
Now that they pointed it out, oh, gee, I wonder if we're going to start seeing them happen again. But assassinations. Well, who's been responsible for the most assassinations over the last, I don't know, 10 years? Easy. United States government, Israel, period. Very obviously. High level, open assassinations, completely against the law. But it's okay, though, because they're fighting for freedom, right? Easy. This is frustrating to me because of how they continue to push this in your face. Private U.S. citizens should not travel to any country to participate in armed conflict. Oh, okay. Except, except Ukraine, though. Go ahead and go to Ukraine. We don't care about that one. But don't go anywhere else. Go and fight with the Nazis we trained. That's okay. This is the frustrating part of all of this. Anyway, you get the point. I don't know why we trust what they're being told, what we're being told in anything that comes out of any group that has a reason to lie to you. The governments of the world, guys. Doesn't mean you should immediately assume they're lying, but please question what you're being told. Now, on foreign policy, here is Convo Couch pointing out something that's really disconcerting. Twitter support took down Fiorella's tweet exposing this Louise Mensch character. So just a, yeah, you can decide for yourself what this kind of person is when you just look at the kind of stuff she's conducting. When she openly calls for a hit on Eva Bartlett. Literally reaching out or say the same thing we saw with other people in Ukraine saying, here is where she is. Do something about that. As we have examples of Ukrainian governors openly discussing how people, civilians and military alike, will be assassinated if they choose to be supporting Russia. You know, in that democracy over there, because that makes sense. As a blogger who is writing pro, I mean, just positive things about Russia, a blogger in a place where they pretend they've got free speech was assassinated in his car, and they made that example and said, more of that will happen. Let's not pretend like that's something. These people support this, or they pretend it's not there. Either way, terrible, terrible people. And they're going, here's Eva Bartlett. There's where she is. Go go find her. Think about, I mean, and the point is that she points this out and says, how is that allowed on Twitter? And they censor her for pointing it out. Luis Manch's comments are still there. But the point, well, then it says, uh, it says, uh, it basically calls for a hit on Eva Bartlett and is preventing Fiorella from accessing her account until she deletes the tweet that points that out. But it won't remove her tweet calling for death. But he says, hey, Twitter support, why are you not taking down the tweet that is calling for the death of a journalist, yet deleting and censoring the tweet, drawing attention to that fact? Can you explain that? You know what this reminds me of? Back in the day, not very long ago, when people were going, why is there all this pornography and pedophilia on Twitter and YouTube? Everybody, look at this. Flag it. Question it. What's going on? It would be there for weeks. But somebody would flag your discussion around some kind of conspiracy. You'd be taken down immediately. There's no misunderstanding that. It says, we would like all, would all like to know. The tweet with screenshot was still is still also there. You can see right here. Uh, where was it? Right. Okay. So she's calling for the UK people to know where she is, where they're responding. I mean, you can go through the stuff for yourself. There's more, there's more detailed information. But the bottom line is we know this is happening. And here's another example of it. Patrick Lancaster. As Steve points out, first Twitter support allows a tweet inciting murder of Eva Bartlett. Now on Facebook, journalists on the ground reporting on the truth do so at the great risk and deserve our support and solidarity. 100% agree. Here, uh, yeah, it's right in the next one. Here's Patrick Lancaster. Facebook is now threatening to disable his account because he posted, exposed a threat by a pro-Ukrainian in which they said they would rape and execute his wife because of what he's reporting. He's appealed. <laughs> we'll see how that works out. That's, this is the, it's right there. Look at how crazy that is. And he reports that or calls it out on Facebook and they censor his account. Like these people are either allowing algorithms to censor anything they, they, 
personal association, right? Anything Patrick says that uses certain words. It's kind of like they're censoring me. Not around, the guidelines don't mean anything anymore. Or there's a person back there that's going, yeah, let that happen because I support Ukraine. It doesn't matter what you choose. It's wrong, and you can tell it's wrong. Now, here's Frank, the DNC shill account, that's literally saying, I'm going to be compiling a list of actual, in capitals, actual, right-wing terrorist extremists. Right-wing terrorists, actual, not his opinion, but actual terrorists. And, of course, he includes people like Yo Pasta from A.M. Wake Up and Combo Couch. You know, somebody who is pretty classically arguable, you know, like the idea of people who perceive that person as the opposite of the right, especially not a conservative extremist terrorist. A right-wing, excuse me, terrorist. Think about how stupid that is. But the problem is that this person has decided for Pasta that he is a right-wing terrorist. Therefore, he's on his list because you don't get to choose anymore. You, oh, you said this one thing, therefore you're a white-wing MAGA extremist. Because I said so. But this is allowed. You're allowed to call people terrorists and literally call for them to be treated as such. And that's okay, because Twitter softly agrees with that. Otherwise, they would do something about it. This is a compiling, look at all these people on here, guys. There are so many people on here that are not even remotely right. Most of them, or some of them, I would argue, are very two-party illusion. But this guy is too stupid to see past the idea that you have to be one So people on the other side that are ruining this country, like 2016 idea, where suddenly it became you are a terrorist if you think other things than me. And that's what the radicalization is. That's what drives people to flip out and shoot things up. That's what drives people to take crazy action. Not people over here objectively discussing the whole picture from all sides. Whoa, crazy conspiracy theory. These are the kind of people that should be reported. But at the same point, I argue as a right to say this. He's not calling for violence, technically, but he's saying if you want to report them to the FBI, which essentially becomes some sort of like a SWAT action, a swatting, where the FBI may be reported to them and say, we think these people are terrorists, and then they have to take that seriously. Then they're going to go and treat you as such. That's not okay, guys. That's a sort of doxing, swatting kind of idea. Not doxing, I guess, but you get the point. Never am I calling for censorship, but you have to realize there are people that are actually having objective conversation about, I don't know, risks of vaccines and being dis deleted, being called misinforming terrorists. But these people are okay. Well, one last point on foreign policy, as they just signed for, and this was on May, of course, but $40 billion more dollars going to Ukraine. Actually, I think after that, there was another $500 million that was agreed to. The point being, the same day that they allowed $40 billion to go to Ukraine, they blocked $48 billion to go to you. Make sure you feel what that means. You and your family and your restaurants and your small businesses are less important to the U.S. government than funding actual fascist, actual neo-Nazis over in Ukraine. Fact. Think about how messed up that is. This is a sort of idea when they actually, when they have bills calling, you know, basically calling out why they shouldn't be supporting Al-Qaeda and ISIS, and everybody votes it down. That actually happened. I don't even understand why we can't see what these people actually are. But on to the point of the illusion around COVID-19 injections. This is really important to see. This is, this is from 72722, end of last month. Thomas Massey says it's a myth that the COVID shots stop the spread of the virus. That is an easily provable fact, not just from the peer-reviewed science, but from their own statements of admission. Back in Delta and Omicron, and before, by the way, 
that it didn't just happen after Delta. The data, as I've shown you many times, is undeniably clear. The data from the very first trial all the way to the end of their trials show that they never even tried. And I'll make that point after this. But listen to what he says in this. And this is the congressional setting here where they're, that Massey knows what's going on. And it's not because Massey said it. It's because that is the truth. And people around him in this room that are deciding your future, essentially, in the world they're building, it's not how it should be, don't even understand that. They literally are confused about the reality of what they're discussing. And yet they're deciding the future of this country. Think about how wild that is. And lady yields back. She seeks recognition. What purpose does the gentleman from Kentucky seek recognition? I, I, speak, I seek to speak on the amendment. The gentleman's recognized. There's just a few things I want to correct in, in the story or examples that were just given. I think it's been dispelled that the vaccine prevents the spread of COVID. I mean, I don't know why we're still saying that. I mean, the CDC director has apologized for being wrong about that. Uh, the NIH directors said that he was wrong about that. Deborah Literally everybody, Deborah Burks. Gentlemen, yield. I, I will yield. Did Dr. Fauci admit that he was wrong about that as well yet? Before he even answers, why is that the definitive end-all be-all for these people? Oh, did, well, did Fauci say it? Well, well Fauci doesn't say it. I mean, think about that. So literally, the scientific research can show that. You can prove based on their own re their own Pfizer documentation that or Moderna that didn't even try, that there was no data for it, that they didn't even have it as an endpoint. Then you can see during the observational real-world data that it wasn't all the way up until now. You can have Dr. Burks admit that. You can have everyone else admit that. But if Fauci didn't say it, well, then we're going to pretend it's still questionable. Are you looking at information or are you blindly trusting what you're told from people that you're looking up to? This, these are the Congress. These are members of Congress. And if Fauci didn't say it, therefore, it's not true. What, these are children leading the charge, guys. I, I believe they've all admitted that. No, well, no way. And what I love about that part, I believe they've all admitted it, which they have grudgingly. No, no way. Oh, OK. So you ask him if he has, which implies you don't know. He says he has. And your response without knowing is, no, that can't be true. Well, as a com member of Congress, wouldn't it behoove you to pump the brakes and find out before you scream no way? I'm telling you guys, these are some of the most immature, uninformed people on the planet. That's been, it's been developed that way. These are not the people really in charge, and I've been saying that for a long time. And it's crazy to watch these old people who have no idea what's going on around them try to converse about what's really happening. So uh, they got the vaccine and they got COVID. Yes, they've all enough. gotten COVID. The president himself is contagious right now, even though he's had four shots. And by the way, he was just at something where he wasn't wearing a mask. And so they know that. They know he's able to spread. They know he's in the time frame and he wasn't. No one explains that. I'm not saying he should be. Obviously, you know I think he shouldn't. I think it's dangerous for anybody. And it doesn't have any statistically significant effect on transmission. It's a fact. Proven it a thousand times over. But their argument is that he's dangerous and yet he wasn't doing it. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. They don't care, though. It's not about that. It's about you complying. That's all it's about. Of the vaccine. And that is why he's staying away from people. So I, I just take a little bit of issue that we are in a, a congressional markup, still perpetuating this falsehood that was propagated by the, uh, the pharmaceutical companies that stood to profit by this. They knew it wasn't even true. Their, their tests with 50,000 people in the trials 
were designed not to explicitly not show whether it did or didn't stop the spread of COVID. So, so I, I just offended that we're still perpetuating that myth when virtually everybody has admitted that it was a myth. And, and the reason we need to acknowledge that is that is the myth that underlies the entire rationalization for kicking somebody out of the military for not taking the vaccine. Which has been happening and is absolutely incredible. You're going to hear him say it next. I had no idea about this. They were being dishonorably discharged after being forced to take something they didn't need that would put them at risk. And they were dishonorably discharged for having a choice. Now they're fighting to give them back what they deserve. But my God. This is the so it's all about fighting for our veterans right up until they don't do what you're told what they're told by the by the medical technocracy. Yep. Oh shoot! Dang it! Wrong button. Hold on. There we go. That was propagated by the uh, the pharmaceutical companies that stood to profit by this. They knew it wasn't even true. Their their tests with fifty thousand people in the trials were designed not to explicitly not show whether it did or didn't stop the spread of COVID. So, so I, I just offended that we're still perpetuating that myth when virtually everybody has admitted that it was a myth. And, and the reason we need to acknowledge that is that is the myth that underlies the entire rationalization for kicking somebody out of the military for not taking the vaccine. Would the gentleman yield? I will yield to the gentleman from... California. I can't wait for January 3rd, maybe the 4th, when one of our early HRs restores those men and women, those brave men and women who asked for and were denied their valid exemptions, and we restore them to full active duty, which, by the way, will unring the bell of any question of a general or other than honorable discharge, and I look forward to working with the gentleman on that. I look forward to that, too. They should all be reinstated. None of them should have been given anything less than an honorable discharge at all. For this, and and while I've still got time on the clock, I have to mention that the Secretary of Defense issued a statement on August 24th saying that the vaccines that were required and that would be administered would be the FDA-approved vaccines, and not a single dose of FDA-approved vaccine, aka Comirnaty, in the case of Pfizer or Spikevax. In, in the case of Moderna, not a single dose of that has been given to a single member of the military as the Secretary of Defense specified. And it was his only legal way to require the vaccine for members of military was that it was FDA approved and that the doses that they would receive would be the FDA approved, legally distinct from the other vaccines that they were got that they were received and also labeled as such, labeled appropriately. None of those vaccines have been given, yet members, tens of thousands of members of the military have been kicked out for not taking that vaccine. Gentlemen, you? Before we get to the next point, as Star points out, what about everybody else? What about all, all the nurses and doctors and everybody else that lost their jobs? You know, they don't get that. I mean, they, some of them will. But this is always the case, right? This is the same kind of thing like another con connected point in my mind is about all those all those of us that got censored for these things, right? The, obviously, it's much, much bigger deal. We're talking about jobs and dangerous injections, but just as an overlap, think about all the people that have been actively censored for things that are now true. You know, there are bigger channels that get reinstated because they make a big fuss so they can go out and sue somebody, but not all of us have those resources. It's the same idea. There's all the, there's a whole level of average people out there that will never get back what was stolen from them, even if the military gets back their, you know, they'll get their, 
reinstated or people in higher positions do. That's always what happens, though. But the average people, you always get stepped on, right? You are the Kurds of the foreign policy world where the U.S. government just uses you whenever they want and they praise you when they want to and they throw you down to the garbage when you don't get needed. That's what the average person always is to the between all of this. Any agenda. That's why I keep pleading with you guys. Don't trust what they're telling you. Doesn't mean you should discount everything, but question it every single time. It doesn't matter who, doesn't matter for what reason, doesn't matter if you agree with what they're saying. Question it. Because historically, they're always misleading you in some way. That's not my opinion. But it's crazy to think about. So they're talking about the same point we all know and we've all been making. They, they argued they approved community. Now, even le legally speaking, they technically did. They approved this one thing sitting on the shelf that's never been used and apparently never even been made. It's on, approved on paper. The one that says community, which they say is legally distinct. And by the way, is actually literally different. There's multiple things that are actually different. I've shown you that. But on top of that, they then say because it's approved, they can do this and then gave them the emergency authorized version, which now they're not able to sue. They could sue if they got sick from the other one. That's why they did that. But on top of that, they now have spike backs, which is Moderna and Pfizer, which is community approved, they say, which they're not giving. But then they also have these now being recommended for children. So at this point, as far as I can tell, according to RFK's point and plenty of others, they have legal indemnity no matter what happens. And that's really alarming. But maybe the, I don't I don't know why they're still giving the emergency authorization. one. I don't even know. But at the end of the day, he's right. And the, the watch them push back on this. People in this room have no idea about that. And they're the ones making decisions. I would I would yield to the gentleman from North Carolina. Is the gentleman suggesting that the military engaged in a bait and switch and not suggesting flat out telling you that substituted a different vaccine than that which was approved. I, I am absolutely saying that what the Secretary of Defense is doing right now is illegal. We know it. I, I would characterize it as a crime in progress. And just to be clear, as, as somebody puts approved in quotes, I'm, this is not in quotes. They approved it, right? That, that, there's not some kind of conspiracy there other than the idea that they're not using the thing they said was approved. You could argue that it's not even there. They just wrote on a piece of paper where it's community was the name that they picked in the beginning if it, if and when it were to be approved. All they did was get the FDA to say, yes, we stamped that as approved. That's it. And that, that did happen. So there's no you, we can't argue that's not you have to argue that they're it's a bait and switch. Exactly. They're, they are, are they are saying it's approved and then argue and then letting everybody assume that is what is being given out. As far as I can tell, they're not even making the approved version. The one that's labeled community versus the one that's labeled Pfizer Biotech, and which does have different chemicals, which is crazy to me. Smaller ones, but it doesn't matter. Just so that's clear, though, because early on there was a lot of the independent media that was pushing back on even the idea approved. And I argue that's the partisan, potentially intentionally misleading media that really comes in with those hard points about no, you can't say anything other than this because it's not real and. And I was forced to make that make the big argument. Come on, guys. Yes, it was approved. And yes, it was there. And so on and so on. Hold on. I'm waiting for the stream to pick back up. Let me know if it's getting robot on you guys again. There we go. Saw it drop down. No, but but it's a good point to make. I'm not trying to disparage anybody. You know, it's it is questionable, right? The whole whether or not it's technically I mean, fair enough. Put it in quotes because it's not technically being used. But yeah, I just want to make sure that was clear that they are not using the thing that they do claim is there, that it is legally, I and mean, it just shows you the compromise point of the FDA. If the FDA can approve something and yet they continue to use this and continue to give them more emergency authorizations, that's the other point.
How in the world are we still using emergency authorization when that's the key factor for why it's allowed to be used that there's not an approved version? That's okay, that's a that they are breaking the law right now. The same way they break the law when they don't extend the emergency, they, there's like a weak gap in between the emergency declaration. Same point. Right now, we've got viable alternatives. Ivermectin, even their Paxlovid, they argue is viable, even though I don't, it's not. But they have alternatives. Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, all sorts of treatments and alternatives. Then they have two things they say are approved. You read the emergency authorization documentation, which I've gone over 15 times. It says very clearly it ends when they end it or these things happen. And that's having an alternative or approvals. Here we are. They're still giving it. And half of Congress doesn't even know that. Gee, I wonder how we're being fooled. Or they are. With the gentleman from North Carolina. Is the gentleman suggesting that the military engaged in a bait and switch and substituted a different vaccine than that which was approved? I, I, I am absolutely saying that what the Secretary of Defense is doing right now is illegal. We know it. I, I would characterize it as a crime in progress. Would the gentleman yield? Uh, I'm going to yield to Mr. Tiffany, who's asked. Yeah, I want to make sure this is, I'm clear on this. Are you saying they've received the experimental use vaccine? The emergency use authorization vaccine is all they've received. Not a single member of the military has received the FDA-approved version. Wow. Well, it's good you're dispelling this notion that's out there that... Yeah, how about this, man? How about you should know that? What do you mean dispelling? So you're literally ruling on, or I mean, I, what, I believe it's ruling. They believe, but the, you're sitting in that congressional seat and and making decisions based on floating notions. <laughs> yes, yes, guys, understand what these people are. Like I can't get past how stupid that is. It takes Massey to stand up and say that. How about? But how about let's take this a step further? How do they know that Massey's right? They just go, oh, that's glad you said that. So now you're taking his word for it? These people are crazy. He's right, by the way, but how do they know that? It just It's just one narrative to the next for these people. They just trust whoever says they're right with the most certainty. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad we trust them to rule everything for us. Son of a gun, I keep doing that. Substituted a different vaccine that is a crime in progress. Use vaccine? The emergency use authorization vaccine is all they've received. Not a single member of the military has received the FDA approved version. Well, it's good you're dispelling this notion that's out there that they're getting the, um, the FDA approved vaccine. There, there are two notions I want to dispel, and I would give the gentlelady time to respond to this. The, the notion that the vaccine stops the spread of COVID. Is, would the gentlelady like to clarify her comments on that? I, I, does the gentleman yield? I do. I, the, the point I'm making is that there's activity that we, that service members could engage in that we would not find to be egregious. For example, the adultery. other- Adultery. Adultery. I mean, I'm not in favor of it. I think it's right. a sin, but I don't think it's- it's, I, you're reclaiming my time. And I, and I think the gentlelady gave uh, valid examples, but the one that I don't, I, you know, with all due respect, I don't think it's valid is to uh, substantiate the disproven notion that the vaccine stops the spread of COVID, and that would be a reasonable uh, reason to give somebody a discharge that's less than honorable. And um, with that, I yield back. So it, removing for a minute the, the weird introduction of the adultery conversation, it's, it's out of context, so it's hard to understand. But the point was just the other things that can that making arguments about things, they can, why they would deserve a dishonorable discharge for 
not taking the injection, arguing, well, they could spread the transmission and they could stop it if they do that. And therefore, it's they're choosing to make people sick. I mean, it's the same abstract kind of argument. And all in Massey steps up and goes, guys, this is not even true. You're pushing lies. And you know, that's the idea. That's where that all comes from. Now, here is the conversation about the transmission point that I, I just recently had, interestingly enough, again, for the third time, I think, on July 26th, the controlled flow of COVID-19 misinformation. And this talks about this article in particular, which I've read many times, all the way back on September 23rd, 2020, COVID-19 vaccine protocols reveal that trials are designed to succeed. I'm not going to go over it again, but the point was simple, that he goes over, this, is, this, this author goes over this and reads directly from the Pfizer documentation, just like I did, and says, guys, it's obvious. The only thing they sought to do was reduce mild to moderate symptoms. That's it. They admit that. They say that. They say that we had more time. We could have something. And, and, and then right out of the gate. They can clearly see that it wasn't stopping transmission. And that's when they rolled it. That's Burks now comes back around and says, yeah, we all knew that. They lied to you. They pushed the idea of herd immunity, knowing that that wasn't even possible with this conversation. They lied to you in every possible way. And Congress has not even wrapped their minds around that yet, if they even want to. But read this again for yourself. It's very clear. Transmission was not at his point in this, if I can find it off the top of my head here. Well, first, it says it's clear that these won't be the silver bullet. They're arguing it will be. Yeah, right here. It says it appears that these trials are intended to pass the lowest possible barrier of success. It boggles the mind and defies common sense that the NIH and CDC and NIH AID and the rest of the world consider the approval of a vaccine that would be distributed to hundreds of millions of on such slender threads of success. Like this, the point is they gamed the study to make it look successful when it wasn't. And the argument in here is that they made, they knew that they wouldn't, right here, it appears that all pharmaceutical companies assumed the vaccine would never prevent infection. Look at that. Now, if I write stuff like that, then or now, I get censored as fake news. But, you know, corporate media, the bottom line is it's true because that's what Pfizer's documentation showed. And I went over it myself. Now, here's an example of people who were injured by this. And interestingly enough, this, this almost kind of goes under the, argue, the category of vaccinants. Right, the idea of what we talked about that early on. There was plenty of examples. Actually, I'll show this again real quick of people that went to get these shots, whether at Walgreens or the Waffle House or, you know, all the really safe locations they were giving these dangerous experimental injections out at with not the appropriate equipment needed to deal with side effects, which is required by law. You know, all that completely above board stuff. People were passing out literally passing out within seconds of taking the injection. Remember Tiffany Dover? They tried to cover that up by saying that she had some weird condition. And now too bad, Tiffany, it happened across the board. And people still argue that she's not even here anymore. I can't see any updates in her account, but I guess it's another side story. But where is that? I've got it right around here somewhere. Here it is. Here's an example of somebody getting the shot and immediately passing out in the car. So the point is, if that's happening, what happens if it happens in 16 minutes? Twenty minutes, five minutes after you leave the location, because you're only supposed to stick around for fifteen minutes. Again, the stream seems to be struggling. My God, my God! Here we go. Come back on me. There we go. Now, point is, if that's happening, I guarantee you there are car accidents that aren't being attributed to the injection. People pass out, they die in the car. You never know. Or, for that matter, helicopters, airplanes, all sorts of stuff. People that happen just like this. Yeah, quickly lower a seat back because that's safe. Make sure you can't see him. Aren't you supposed to not put someone on their back when they're passed out? You know, vomit and all that. But I guess it's more important to make sure other people in the cars don't see that he's passing out, right? That's safe and effective. 
What's your name? Oh, there he goes. Pass out again. Rub his chest. That'll help. You know why they're doing that? Because they have literally nothing else to do. You got a bunch of volunteers here handing things out with nothing to help people with. There's no, there's no, I mean, again, every possible pot side effect they need equipment to deal with in case. That's in the documentation. You think they have everything they need there at the wall, at the, the, the parking lot? All they can do is rub his chest and hope he's okay. Wow. What's crazy is those people didn't drive away as fast as possible. But the point is, here's an example of, of a pilot who is speaking out and telling you what happened to him. And he barely was able to land before he passed out. Think about how crazy that is. But they're forcing it on pilots and everyone else alike and acting like anything that happens is fake news because we don't know for sure, which means it's not real. My name is Bob Snow. I'm a captain. I've been a captain for a number of years. My total service with the company is over 31 years. On November 7th, I was mandated to receive a vaccine. Quite literally, I was told if I did not receive the vaccination, I would be fired. This was from our director of flight. So... Under duress, I received the vaccine. Um, now, just a few days ago, after landing in Dallas, six minutes after we landed, I passed out. Uh, I coded. I required three shocks. I need to be intubated. I'm now in the ICU in Dallas. This is what the vaccine has done for me. I will probably never fly again, uh, based upon the criteria that the FAA establishes for pilots. I was hoping to teach my daughter to fly. She wants to be a pilot. That will probably never happen. All courtesy of the vaccine. This is unacceptable and I am one of the victims. You can see that this is the actual result of the vaccine for some of us. Mandatory, no questions asked, get the shot or you're fired. This is not the American way. The sad reality is, it is the American way. Not what the American people believe, but what this country and the government that's told you they're working for you has done every year you can look at. Historically speaking, all the times they've experimented on the population, done things without your knowledge. I mean, it's, this is what the government has always done while feeding you a line about what this country actually is. What it is, is what you believe it is. What you think, what the people of this country believe, not what they tell you and then do behind your back. But the point is, as he's saying, it's not what this represents. I mean, I could agree with them in the sense that's not what the people represent. I agree with that. But of course, what they tend to think when they talk about that is not what this historical body of information about this country represents. But you can look back through history and see that this is happening all the time, over and over and over, constantly. But nonetheless, it doesn't mean we should want to be that way. What we want as people are better than that. We're not the terrible things our government represents. That's not what we are. But think about how crazy that is, that he landed and then went into arrest and all the stuff happened. What happens if he was flying? Now, yes, they do have co-pilots. What happens if it happens to both of them? It's not completely outside their own possibility. That's crazy. But as he says in there, I'm glad he said it that way. This is the reality for people to take the vaccine for some of us. Now, they'll try to censor that and call him a conspiracy theorist. But the, how do you argue that's fake? Didn't they admit that blood clots can happen, super rare? Didn't they admit that you can have heart attacks, super rare? Didn't they admit that vaccine-induced thrombosis, thrombocytopenia can happen, but super rare? Okay, fine. So they admit it's there, and all he said was that some of us, this is the, re the reality. He's right, because they admitted it. But isn't it funny how be even after they admit it, when you point at it happening, they still flip out and call you fake news? 
How can it be fake news that someone has doctor acknowledged myocarditis from the vaccine, but when you talk about it online, people shout you down as a maniac? They just said it can happen. It's This is the broken reality that we're living in right now. We're watching it happen. They're admitting it's happening, but then when you say it's happening, you're crazy. It's, it's, think about if you were living that reality. Now here is, this is the Australian government has admitted that they've been, they have seen at least 79,000 side effects from the COVID-19 vaccine is way more than that. And is now offering compensation for those seriously injured. All right, so it's slowly dripping back out until we get to the point to where it's normalized, but there's no accountability. That's always how it goes. So watch this. Another report. Sorry if my stream is struggling, guys. I, I keep seeing this drop. I don't see anybody in the chat saying anything, so maybe it's just on my end. There, just jump back up. Just don't understand, don't understand why that happens. Oh, trying to... Hold on. Where was it? Hold on one second. Make sure I have the... Let me start it so I see the beginning. There it is. I'm trying to find the video. I've got to find the right opening clip so I can see what it looks like. Here it is. Benefits far outweigh the risks, but as the vaccine rollout now ramps up through the booster... The benefits far outweigh the risks, but as the vaccine... Don't, don't you love the start? <laughs> like, we're about to show you some people that are having all sorts of serious problems. Clearly, the benefits outweigh the risks. Benefits outweigh the risks. Safe and effective, safe and effective. But let's talk about the terrible stuff happening. Like, that's how you keep your job, right? That's how you get called not a conspiracy theorist, by screening the narrative and then showing how it contradicts the narrative. So stupid. Seen rollout now ramps up through the booster phase. There are a rare few who suffer serious side effects. A rare few, also known as the majority, but, you know, that's corporate media. Now the federal government is offering compensation for anyone who becomes seriously ill. I'm kind of being facetious. I shouldn't say the majority because I don't even think that's technically true when, in regard to the percentage of people that have severe side effects. But if we're just talking side effects, that's absolutely the majority. And as far as I understand it, the vast majority of people have some, like, you know, like a week of sickness or like a couple few days where you're bedridden. I mean, that's crazy in and of itself. But the idea that these things are super rare is just simply inaccurate. And even they've been forced to admit that. Their myocarditis slow roll has been painful to watch. After having their COVID shot. It's been a long road to recovery for Maddie John. It's a really uncomfortable and um, quite a frightening experience. He felt like he was having a heart attack two days after getting the Pfizer vaccine. I just got this sharp pain that I've never experienced before in the centre of my chest. Diagnosed with severe pericarditis. Super, super rare. He was off work for 10 weeks. You constantly worry, I suppose, that anxiety around, I suppose, we're talking about your heart. Maddie's not alone. It's estimated 79,000 people have suffered adverse reactions to vaccines. Which, again, historically speaking, whether you're in the UK, the United States, or anywhere else, it has been shown between 1 and 10% of is what you're seeing there. That it's dramatically more than that because people don't report it, they don't know they have it. It's a foregone conclusion. So if we're staring at admitting 80,000 people suffering severe reactions, that's possible death, hospitalization, lifelong alteration, everything else we've talked about. 80,000, it's times 10 times 100, depending on what, where you're talking about. In the United States, they found it was 1% of the total. In the UK, about 10%. But it's somewhere between there. The point is, it's an underrepresentation. Let that sink in. Now, the government's offering compensation. Claims under $20,000 will need evidence from your doctor. 
But again, the point is because they're giving compensation, they're acknowledging this. That's a legal acceptance of, of, of culpability, at the very least, that they're responsible for it. All right, how can we be standing on the other side of the world and saying fake news while they're literally paying people for the problem? <laughs> it's just it, enough. All of this is confusing and it should be. And that's why I believe that most people, most of us can see through this now, even those that fell for it in the beginning. Claims over $20,000 assessed by a team of legal experts. The highest figure reserved for only the most serious of cases. Just so you understand it. So the death of your child is only worth $644,000. Let that, let that sink in because that is happening. People are dying from this and that's the most you can get in Australia. Is it worth it? Cases. I think it could cost the government a lot of money. Daniel Opare works at Shine Lawyers. He's looked closely at the government scheme. If you do suffer pericarditis, it, it can uh, result in you being out of pocket. Um, you know, you might have to see a cardiologist, you might need procedures. Um, so it is definitely appropriate that there is a vaccination scheme there to compensate those people. But like all schemes, there are limitations. To make a claim, you must spend at least one night in hospital. And that's a clause that makes Matty John ineligible. He was admitted to hospital twice, but never stayed the night. God, think about how insulting that is. A diagnosed case of pericarditis or myocarditis, I think I forget which one they said, and yet, nope, doesn't count because you didn't meet this arbitrary metric we wrote out. It is a little bit frustrating um, and out of pocket a fair bit, but in saying that too, um, it is what it is and um, that's life. The scheme is now open. Nick Hose, 7 News. How insulting. Don't pay him, even though we know it happened because of us. Now, a clip I played in the beginning. CBN host wants military enforcement of vaccine mandates. Right. Why in the world do we even care what this failed economic <laughs> predictor has to say about COVID-19 vaccines? Like this is just overtaking everybody. This is mad money guy. Right. The guy who just kept this. I, <laughs> I mean, I just look up some of the conversations. He was just roundly wrong about things. He argues people should be doing financially over and over and over and over. But it's in this position because that's probably why. Who cares about all the financial miscorrect miss? What's the right term there? Uh, miss shots. I don't know why I can't think of a better word than that. <laughs> All the economic predictions that he failed on. Here is something he's saying, which again, this is like asking an actor what you think your life should be like or what the government should do. Who cares what you think? You're paid to act. We don't care what your opinions are in politics, okay? Doesn't, just because you're rich doesn't mean you have a chance to, the right to stand up and, and speak to everybody like your opinion matters. Everybody's opinion matters, but to the point to where you can stand on the podium and act like we should listen to you. No, that's not how that works just because you've got money and stand up in front of a screen. This is the same thing. This guy is a, a has no place standing up and telling you that we should be forced to take injections. Now, I'm not saying you should never write to say what you, you know, to speak your mind on these things. But this is a different argument. This is like saying in any context, saying that people should have to be forced to do something. That's I mean, how we think that's acceptable to have this massive audience and tell them you we should force everyone to take this injection. That's it's just anyway, the bottom line is not that he doesn't have the right to say it, but the fact that the, the goal it takes for someone in that position to make that kind of a statement. Let me just play the thing for you. I really just the beginning of it. It's, it blows me away. With the new Omicron variant sweeping the globe, how do we finally put an end to this pandemic? How do we save lives and get business back to normal so everybody can put dinner on the table? Simple. 
the federal government needs to require vaccines, including booster shots, for everyone in America. Nobody wants to be the bad guy. So we've allowed a pastiche of uncoordinated health organizations to dictate an on-again, off-again series of measures that mostly just leave us baffled and confused. Nobody with any power is saying the frontline workers need to be vaccinated. It's just plain it's just wrong. Plain wrong. And, most and most of us are sick of it. Even as a vocal anti-vax minority is always grabbing the mic. Right. I mean, I'm just, I can't even listen to this. It's just this guy acting as if he knows what's going on, which, by the way, should bleed over into his economic predictions, that he's just trusting what he's told. You're literally selling that everybody everywhere should be forced to get an injection and boosters for how long? Apparently forever, because that's just how this goes. But he's literally saying that people should be forced, frontline people, military, everybody, doctors, scientists, everybody. I mean, think about how crazy that is with what we actually know. See, this guy is probably a few steps behind even the people in Congress. He's being told things by corporate media and by people he thinks he can listen to, like the CDC. That's my opinion. I just don't know how else you could be that wrong. But there's no logical or scientific reason, whether safety or otherwise, that anybody should be forced to take this shot, especially the vast majority of the population that are at less risk from this than the flu, especially in the Omicron time frame, because they're the ones saying it's 80 percent less dangerous than before, saying everything, hospitalizations and deaths are dramatically lower, that children are at one one thousandth the risk compared to before, before being one in a million chance. Then now add that that's from a corporate media discussion. But he's arguing that it should be forced literally mandated forced on everybody yeah i agree star but the guy is the guy is not someone you should listen to my point is that this is a corporate media push from a high a show with lots of people that's literally arguing that these people should be forced to take it i mean guys this is what is happening while the evidence is completely to the contrary we need to stand up against this stuff because these are the people that push this now this was added last minute Somebody, my, my brother actually sent me this right before I went live. Dr. Fauci, I haven't, I haven't read past the headline. I figured we could just look at it real quick. If you aren't up to date, which again means whatever they want it to mean. I think right now it means four shots in the United States. I mean, the fact that I don't even know is exactly the point. On COVID vaccines and boosters, if you're not up to date, then you're, quote, going to get into trouble. Now, I wondered what that meant. So let's look. Does it mean that you're going to get sick? Does it mean that you're going to get arrested? Uh, let's find out. But what's funny to me is that you're fully, fully vaccinated with two shots still in this country. How stupid is that? You're, how are you fully vaccinated, but you're not, you need more shots to do these things? Well, then you're not fully vaccinated. How does that even possibly make sense? It's because they did not want to stretch that out. They didn't want to ruin that whole metric and how they can keep citing 70% fully vaccinated. Because the moment they change it, well, everything shifts and everything changes. They wanted to keep it. You're all fully vaccinated. We succeeded. The game over. But now you need to be up to date, though. Just stupid. But let's find out what he's saying. If you are up to date on your COVID vaccines or booster shots, which, by the way, same thing. That's dumb. Right, right out of the gate. Stupid. The person writing this. Dr. Fauci has a stark warning for you. Get those shots now or prepare for a harsh COVID fall in winter. You realize they've done this every year. This is like the same point of the biggest election of your lifetime every time. Every winter, the death of winter, the death of the dark winter coming your way. Well, it didn't happen the two times before this. I wonder why they're saying it again. Because it's a way of getting you in the cycle, the cycle of flu vaccine idea more every single time. Just take our word for it. We checked it. We did our we did our due diligence. Well, no, you didn't, because the last five years in a row, it's been like 14 percent effective. It's constant that they tell you they did their due diligence. and They didn't. You can go back and look and find out, oh, that's weird. They used the exact same flu vaccine as last time, and they can prove it's different. How did they get away with that? Because nobody checked, because they're just selling vaccines. And even the WHO and called them out for the past, on and on and on. 
Here's what he says. If they don't get vaccinated or they don't get boosted, like I don't get the differentiation there. Isn't the booster an injection? It's just a weird difference. So like, it's almost like they're trying to pretend the first two are vaccines and the other ones are called boosters. It's like, they're the same thing. You're getting multiple shots of the same thing. They're going to get in trouble. It's actually what he said. I don't, I mean, let's keep, where does he say what that means? I mean, is there even a quote in there? People say, well, the risk to me is low, so why get it, Fauci said. The reason, Fauci explained, is that the longer the virus circulates, the more of a chance it gets to mutate. Okay, well, that's exactly my point of showing that the UK data and the Scotland data and the Ontario data, every data everywhere shows you the vast majority of people spreading this are the people injected. Right? I mean, let's see if I can pull it up real quick. I don't know how trustworthy it is right now with, hmm. Problem is I don't have all my links and stuff. New computer, like I said the other day. Uh, what would it be? UK Health Security Agency. Nope, it's not popping up. In any case, I just went over this. Oh, wait, I, oh, I, hold on. I have it saved from my links when I went out live with, perfect, right here, with uh, the Allison Morrow today. Here's the link. Here's what I was going to show you. Thank glad I had it pulled up. Okay, here's the last grouping of data from UK's Health Security Agency where they allowed you to see the breakdown because they saw that it was showing the opposite of what they want you to believe. So they hid it from you and blamed people that were showing you, right? Here's the point, guys. And this is still the case right now. This is adjusted rates among persons vaccinated with three doses compared to those with none per 100,000. Not the majority in their argument that, well, of course, because most people are vaccinated. Nope, per 100,000. So it's average. It's, it's, the, it's the way you take unequal settings like that and make it a, a generalized point. The reality is that every single age group other than under 18 shows you that they have an almost three times the risk of getting COVID-19. That's what this is, cases. So the point is that people with three shots are dramatically at higher risk of catching and spreading because we know it doesn't stop transmission, the very thing he's talking about. Look at this one, 30 to 39, 3,483 per 100,000 compared to 882 for not vaccinated per 100,000. That's why they hide this from you. So again, regardless of anything else, we're talking about transmission, right? So he's saying, well, of course, the more people circulate, well, if we know that the vast majority of people spreading it are those with the injections, then they're the ones creating the transmission, creating the pandemic, creating the variants. All this is true. And we know this from the very beginning. We've proven this to you. If you get COVID and fully recover without much fuss, you might personally be fine. But you're actively expanding, extending the virus's lifespan. Yes, exactly. The people that get the injections but still spread it and still catch it over and over and over, like Biden twice and everybody else three times, that's the problem. People that don't get sick, or excuse me, that get whatever we're dealing with, whether flu or anything else, and don't take these, they have natural immunity, which is also the point. Actually, I might, I might as well, just since I've got, pulled this open. Let's just, I can just glean, wrap, I sh well, I guess I shouldn't do this because I have to grab these links, but in any case, here. Just going to show you the other one since I got it pulled up. All these natural immunity links really quickly, which I've shown you a thousand times. Had COVID, you'll probably make antibodies for a lifetime. Having SARS-CoV-2 once confers much greater immunity than a vaccine. That's science. The first one was nature.com, all these highly regarded outlets. This one is NIH itself from 2021. Lasting immunity found after recovery from COVID-19. Lasting immunity, durable, robust. Here's the WHO. 99% of people infected develop neutralizing antibodies. This says approximately eight months, but it says in there that it's only because we'd had the study go for eight months. It went long past that. So if you're taking something that lasts three months and it dramatically then increases your risk, why would you change that out for something that would potentially last forever, which is what they're telling you, potentially for a lifetime? 
Here's the Lancet. SARS-CoV-2 elicits robust adaptive immune responses regardless of disease severity, which is what they're still arguing. No, it matters on how sick you get. Nope, not true. Not according to the science you're screaming to trust. Ultra-potent antibodies against diverse and transmissible variants. The point here, if you got sick the day this began, you're still making antibodies for all the variants of concern. That's what it finds. Emerging variants of concern with high potency. This one points out specifically the argument they keep trying to make that the duration of your immune protection with natural infections, specifically against Omicron, is very, very clear. I'll include all these. You can go through it for yourself. This is an important one. SARS-CoV-2 naive vaccinees, people that did, uh, had a 13.06-fold increased risk for breakthrough infection with the people that didn't get, basically people that never got COVID-19 but got the injection, have a 13-time increased risk of getting sick. It's right there. This is on NIH, National Library of Medicine. Here's the one that shows you that a majority of people already had antibodies before this ever started. That's from March 15th from JCI Insight, peer-reviewed. Here's a nature study, nature.com, from, the tw- from 2020. That set when, they, when they studied all these different people from the past for T-cell immunity, for COVID-19 and SARS, the cold, they found that uninfected controls also miraculously had T-cell immunity. All this shows you that people already had immunity to this before it ever started. You, for the, you could fill in the reason, whether that's because it was circulating before they told you or because SARS or whatever else was happening and that's what we're dealing with and it's actually just the flu and pneumonia, whatever. The point is that they all have antibodies, the majority, before we ever got here. Here's a newer one from 2020. SARS-CoV-2 specific T cells in unexposed adults. How do we challenge all of this? The point is they're the ones telling you that over 60% of Americans, over 75% of kids have already been infected. So based on that logic and including all the majority of people that died before it ever started, and then you add on the natural immunity that everyone's beginning that's lasting for a lifetime, this is a scam. I just don't know how you can see all that and walk away thinking that what they say makes sense. My God. Okay, back to the other points. Oops, wrong button. Dang it, keep hitting the wrong one. Here we go. Screen share. And this one. Here we go. Back to it. Okay. Got a little derailed there, but <laughs> it's important to see this. Um, now, I think I wasted, I took too much time on that. I wanted to make this not too long, but this is what happens when you don't read these through beforehand. You know, that's typically how it goes. But I, I think sometimes it's fun to do them impromptu. If they don't get vaccinated, they don't get boosted, they're going to get in trouble. He says that applies to a clear majority of Americans, nearly 228 million or roughly 70% of Americans were unvaccinated, hadn't completed their primary vaccine series or hadn't gotten the first booster. I mean, think about that. You're in the majority right now. That's the point. That's why they don't want to call it fully vaccinated anymore, because it proves to you that most Americans are no longer taking their direction from Fauci. 70% of Americans as of July 21st are not in line with what they say they should be doing. You are not alone. Everybody, including those that already got fooled, are beginning to see this. The point is they're particularly low for boosters because it's dangerous. And they're all beginning to see that, guys. I'll leave it there, I think. Let me read the quotes in case he says something else ridiculous. He uh, says the BA5 subvariant, sub-sub-sub-variant of the currently dominating COVID strain is already adept and partially evading protective antibodies triggered by vaccines. Exactly. Note that they don't mention natural immunity right there because they keep trying to squeeze that in, but it's not true. It's not true. In fact, there's been recent studies. I mean, I'll go over this in the future, but the bottom line is this stuff is obviously not, they're trying to push this on people because the injections are not giving them what they need. Those that never got them are better protected right now than everybody else. 
Fauci said booster shots targeting COVID variants, which will enhance immunity against these particular strains, will likely be out next month. Exactly. So why take the thing now they're pushing when they're making new things right now anyway? Doesn't make sense. None of it does. They just want you to comply. Of course, if you aren't worried about your own risk, do it for the community. So where does he get into how you're going to get in trouble? Right? That's a weird statement. Thank you, Daddy Fauci, for telling us we're going to get in trouble. You're a bad person. Right? I mean, they're acting like this is per, this is paternalism. They're acting like they know better than you because they're in charge. It's just insulting. It really is. Now, let's talk about ethylene oxide. We've talked about this plenty of times. Just talk about other risks in this in this field. We've gone over this quite a bit. I'll just start with the article from before. That's what I use this image from. COVID tests treated with ethylene oxide. We've talked about this all the way back on March 26, 2021. And I pulled up pretty much most of the links from this, but we'll go through it. But let's start with what they said on this recent Associated Press article from two hours ago. Doom is the one that shared this with me. The, the EPA is now warning residents who live near medical sterilizing plants. So the place that sterilize equipment for medical treatment areas. So they're the ones sterilizing the PCR test, sterilizing the tongue suppressors and the equipment and so on. The people that live near those plants in 13 states, Puerto Rico about and Puerto Rico, warning them about potential health risks from emissions of ethylene oxide. Okay, so the bottom line is it's obvious, and I made this clear last time, that at certain concentrations, this is dangerous. It's clear. Even that they push back on to a large degree. But the idea is that they say, well, it's just such a small amount. Well, they said that about glyphosate. They said that about a lot of things that aren't actually true because, one, they build up in your body like this does, too. I made this clear in the last show. If you want to watch it in depth, watch it here. But also that the risk is not about it's about whether you use it when you go in the office, the doctor's office once every three months and the tongue suppressor, not using something like this that happens for some people twice a day. Now, that's not the majority. Most people do that. Most people today, they're involved in these cycles or are maybe doing it once a week or once every couple of weeks. But still, that's enough to do it more than you should. That builds up. And over a period of time, if there is a risk involved in that. That's all I'm saying. Not that this is the biggest scam or biggest thing. There's just a part of this that shows you a lack of concern for your safety. And it says, ethylene oxide is used to clean everything from catheters to syringes, pacemakers, plastic surgical gowns, and PCR equipment involved. While short-term or infrequent exposure to ethylene oxide does not appear to pose a health risk, short-term or infrequent, that's important, because what you're doing with those tests is frequent. So the opposite of that. EPA said long-term or lifetime exposure to the chemical could lead to a variety of health impacts, including lymphoma and breast cancer. So what is this if not long-term prolonged engage in exposure to it? Right? I mean, seriously, this is the same point. Lifetime exposure. So people that, like, let's not pretend like these tests won't be used every time they have something that they argue is a potential health concern. And now they're going to start using testing. I mean, for crying out loud, Lena Wen just argued they should be testing everybody regardless around the country for monkeypox. Think about that. That's the point. And it won't be a one-time thing. It's going to be every so many period if they start doing that. Okay, so the, the point is simply that there's a danger. At high levels for repeated exposure for a prolonged time frame, there's a danger, which means no matter what the level is, if done long enough and, long, and high enough concentrations over time, it is dangerous. So here, just to quickly point out, this is just one of them, but they're all using the same thing. They make clear the device is subject to treatment with ethylene oxide. 
I'll include all these links for you. You can check it for yourself. It's a fact. These are tested there. The equipment that goes in your body is usually treated with something like this because of the, the risk of contamination. So here is the fact check. Lateral flow tests or the PCR tests do not cause cancer. Hmm. That's interesting, seeing as how that's the opposite of what we're being told. Right? So maybe Associated Press should get together with Reuters and they can fact check together. What do you think? Well, the point that they make in here is ethylene oxide is a steril sterilization is a widely used process that's regulated by the okay. So is it fake news that they the tests themselves can lead to causing cancer? Well, no, because obviously it's using something that has this residue on it. It does build in your body. So obviously the test, let's just say you use that test 45 times a day for the rest of your life. Well, yeah, then obviously that's, there's, there's constant re continual exposure to something that does build up and there would be a risk there. That's the, that's the reality. So the fact that they're saying it just doesn't is obviously self-serving. It says, well, it is a carcinogen, widely used to sterilize his equipment. The process is tightly controlled to ensure that any residue left over is negligible. Well, okay, I would even agree with that. But the point is, that if you're using it a lot, it is present, which was my point, And that does, over a period of time, if used constantly, collect and build up in your body. That's a fact. All the links and source material on my previous show. Here is ethylene oxide gas sterilization, according to the CDC. The main disadvantages associated with ethylene, the, the uh, what is it, ETO is the, just trying to look for the acronym. It's, they're talking about ethylene oxide gas sterilization. Ethylene, oh, I, that's just ethylene oxide. The T is the, e, that's weird. Why would it be ETO? It'd just be EO, wouldn't it? Ethylene oxide. In any case, ETO, I guess, stands for ethylene oxide. And it says, the disadvantages associated with ethylene oxide are the lengthy cycle time, the cost, and its potential hazards to patients and staff. <laughs> Yeah, it's a disadvantage. You know, it makes you sick and stuff, but no big deal. It's easy for us. That's obviously they're talking about people that use it, and there's that the idea of the, the first point, the people that live near the plants and and the, the the high levels of it. But it still translates. But the point is, act, act, acute exposure to ethylene oxide may result in irritation, skin, eyes, gastrointestinal or respiratory tracts and central nervous system depression. Occupational exposure in healthcare facilities has been linked to hematologic changes. That's very interesting. And an increased risk of spontaneous abortions and various cancers. Ethylene oxide should be considered a known human carcinogen. Now, shouldn't it be a, a discussion about whether you want something in your body that potentially that is a carcinogen? I mean, it's always... The point this is always the same. If there's any risk whatsoever, there should be choice. Well, there should be choice regardless. But there's risk, there should be choice. That's the simple point. So it's obvious there's risk here. Well, here's the, some conversations from the past. This is from 2018. Officials knew. This is, the, this is corporate media, Chicago Tribune. Officials knew ethylene oxide was linked to cancer for decades. Here's why it's still being omitted in Willowbrook and well. This is talking about the areas where they're using it. So this ties to this point. So first of all, how they've known this for this long and they're still using it. And the EPA stands up and says, warning residents that near, what do you mean you're warning the residents? You guys have known for years the companies doing this are putting people at risk and you warn the residents? How about you stop them from doing it? How about you make them go to a location where it won't hurt people? Nah, just warn the citizens that you're in a place that you can't move from and you're in danger, like you're in Flint, Michigan. Your water's dangerous. Good luck. Because <laughs> they're just all capable of just buying a new house somewhere, right? It's just, it's insulting the way that they handle this. But the point is they've known about it forever. This gets more specific. Cancer risks spur calls to replace it. Now, that is the biggest point. 
They're not talking about replacing the, the plants that use them and the areas around it. They're actually saying doctors and experts were calling to stop using it on utensils and, and not utensils. It would be, that's weird, equipment. <laughs> There's a word I'm just blanking on. They're literally pointing at things like syringes and like tongue suppressors and saying that we should stop using it. Why? Cancer risks. So obviously there's something. This is from 2019. The, the EPA considered banning ethylene oxide in new sterilizing facilities because of the cancer risk it poses to residents who live on the plants. Well, then I guess they're still pointing at the plants. But the idea is replacing it in general because of the cancer risks. So let's just be clear about the cancer risks that are clearly there. We also consider prohibiting the use of, it, of, of ethylene oxide for new facilities, which would necessitate the use of an alternative sterilization process. Once again, the EPA is considering new restrictions on the sterilization because the cancer risks it poses. It's, just, it's very clear. The risk is there. Finally, 2020, ethylene oxide may have more health effects than cancer. So just get, there's more going on here that we don't even, they don't even care to research, and yet they're making children put this in their nose once a week. If they don't want to do what they're supposed to do, you know, whatever. It's, they're pushing this on people that don't need it. So just realize as they're pushing this out yet again, these are things that people were censored for. Now, remember, I was censored for this, for this show. Not because I said that it was a guaranteed that it's going to kill you when you use it, but just simply that you should be informed about the potential, if even if small, risks. But they don't want you to think about this stuff, and now they're coming out and saying it's happening. Well, how in general they keep all of this going, whether monkeypox or COVID-19 or anything, I thought it would be good to include this clip that Star made from one of our shows. By the way, she's doing a great job, as always. Make sure you check out the, the post and her follow her account. She's the one posting them for me on Instagram and, and, and BitChute and everything else, as well as Brock's, and she's doing a great job. Thank glad to have her back, by the way, because she was out for a while. This clip is a one-minute clip about the PCR test illusion that took place in 2007. As I said, the epidemic that wasn't is the title it was given by the New York Times at the time, which the article has now been altered and censored, covered by the New York Times in 2007. This is the story of the seven-month whooping cough illusion called pertussis, that's the other name for it, that was created using the PCR test. Quarantine, vaccines, etc. Turned out, after all of that, seven months later, there wasn't a single actual case. Why? It was a PCR illusion. That's what they found in the article. Now, that's what's happening again, as they use it for monkeypox or whatever else they want to use going forward. So make sure you understand what this is showing you, that that's still what's happening. And I, don't, I can't even imagine why we think that makes sense, or anybody for that matter. Faith in quick tests leads to epidemic that wasn't in January 22nd, 2007. Nearly everyone involved thought the medical center had had a whooping cough outbreak. Nearly 1,000 healthcare workers in, in New Hampshire were given a test. Results were in. 142 people, including the doctor herself, were told that they appeared to have whooping cough. Thousands were given antibiotics, a vaccine for protection. Hospital beds were taken out of commission, including some of the intensive care. Sound familiar? The whole thing was a false alarm. Not a single case of whooping cough was confirmed with the definitive test. They placed too much faith in a quick, highly sensitive molecular test that led them astray. At Dartmouth, the decision was to, was to use a test PCR, even with the acronym, because it was so early, for polymerase chain reaction. And it led to the epidemic that wasn't. Well, there you go. And that's a really important part of this whole illusion because it's still happening now. I mean, think about that, guys. 
It's still being used to create an illusion right now. Now, to finish off, quickly go into some information about what's going on around the carbon tracking, which don't forget, all of this, all of this is being used to drive us in this direction. As it says, we should cancel these communists immediately and say, get out of the way of my private life. That's what they're saying on here, regardless of your thoughts on the different types of politics. I mean, to be quite, as I've said many times, I don't know why this focus on socialism or communism, governments in general can always lead to the same thing. That's the point. I think I was just watching a movie. I think I remember what they said, where they made a, a quote about that. They said, what's the difference between communism and and what was it? The other thing? I forget the other democracy. I don't know. Democracy is that one of them, one of them is people taking advantage of people. The other one is the other way around. <laughs> I thought that was great because that's what it is. Any government situation can lead to the same things. I mean, I mean, look at where we are now. How can we possibly pretend like only one is the bad thing when any government can coalesce power and condense power at the top? That's what's happening now. But as she points out, political commentator Eva, however you pronounce her last name, reacts to Dutch banking CEO who suggested, and they'll show the clip on here, carbon wallets should be introduced to regulate citizens' carbon footprint. I mean, guys, this is actively being pushed right now as we're talking. We need to see that this is happening. I mean, this itself was called a, a, a conspiracy theory. Now, even if you agree with it, you have to acknowledge this is something that we argued was going to be connected to all of this. Now, they stopped kind of putting it together with COVID-19, but that's where this all began, the idea of digital IDs and passports. And now they're just jumping into climate change. And it's the same argument. It all leads in the same direction. The bottom line is it should be your choice. Now, there, uh, the, the, this part of it is not about choice. That The credit card we showed you before was choice. This is a CEO of a high-level group arguing that we should be doing it to regulate your carbon because the best thing for everybody, right? That's the greater good argument. Now, is it the case? Well, there's plenty of experts or politicians or people that just don't agree with that. But then they're your betters, right? And they're deciding what's best for you because you don't know what you're talking about. That's their underlying premise. It's, it, whether they, some of them say it, but whether they do or not, it's obvious. That's why they're making these decisions for you. And as Klaus Schwab said, they're the ones making the decisions, not you. Let's also be clear. The future is not just happening. The future is built by us, by a powerful community as you here in this room. Yeah, right. By the World Economic Forum, the unelected grouping of people, mostly technocrats and eugenicists that are building what they want to be the future. Even if you think they're doing the right thing. It's not their choice. But let's let, let's watch what she has to say here. Digital identity mm -hmm. is not just a passport that you will have on an, on your iPhone mm -hmm. in a digital form. It entails just about everything the government would like to know about you. Mm -hmm. And yesterday in the Dutch media, we saw a perfect example of what it could entail in the near future. Mm -hmm. We had the CEO of one of the largest Dutch banks say, why don't we start with a personal carbon credit? Oh, a carbon wallet, she called it, actually. Yeah. So right in line with the plans that the World Economic Forum people have for us. And she said it in a way that was particularly funny. She said, well, if everyone gets an individual personal carbon credit, why don't we make it so that rich people who, for example, want to go on holiday a little too often uh -huh. can buy personal carbon credit from other people who, for example, can't afford buying plane tickets or eating meat too often. So we can that way swap it out oh so so if if bill gates uh, or leonardo dicaprio's carbon footprint is getting a bit too big 
then some peasant living in his hovel up country somewhere can sell his, uh, and he can't afford to go to Saint-Tropez, but he'll be able to sell his carbon allowance to Leonardo DiCaprio so Leonardo can park his yacht in Saint-Tropez for a couple of extra days. Exactly right. That's it. So what will happen is the, richer, the rich will get richer, the poor will get poorer, and they're saying it openly as if it's not a controversial yeah. thing at all. Yeah. It's neo-feudalism. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. And they don't mind. You know, it's just, yeah, okay. Th then they said, well... And it's just a thought experiment because obviously a lot of people were kind of upset about this communist ideal that they just presented to the people on TV as a good idea. So uh, they said, "Oh no, it's a, it's a thought experiment." Well, we've heard that before. Yeah, yeah, we've had a, we've had too many thought experiments. But it was interesting to see. We, as you were talking, we saw that banker. She was being interviewed on a Dutch radio show, and she got a little too relaxed. And actually, as as they say in America, said the quiet part out loud. You're not actually meant to, you're not actually meant, there, there she is, she's chatting on the, in the radio studio and she just gets little carried away. Look at what it says underneath it, by the way, we'll look at that next. Greece starts rolling out digital ID cards last week. Like this is all happening in real time as the average person on Twitter would argue that's a conspiracy theory or at the very least that's down the line in the future. The same thing they always do. It's being ruled, rolled out as we speak until it's right in front of you and you can't get away from it. And then it's addressed as if you're crazy for not taking part in it. Like 2020 vaccine passports are conspiracy theory and, and that anybody spreading that fake news must be stopped. Then on 2021, anybody that's saying they shouldn't be used are dangerous conspiracy theorists and must be stopped. It's that stupid. They just jump to the next narrative. Oh, cloth masks work. Of course they do. The next day. Oh, of course they don't work. Now let's use N95s. Then unquestioningly jumping to the next narrative. But don't wait a minute. Didn't they just yell at you that they were working this whole time? And now they just change. Yep, just go along with it. Mindless. But I don't believe that's everybody. And uh, we weren't went to announce. Now, you know, there's the, uh, a um, bank vice president in uh, Canada. I think it was the Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce, which is one of the biggest banks in Canada, uh, said pretty much the same thing and, and sold it. on. This is going to be so convenient because ah. all your information will be centrally located so we can save the planet we're just going to keep track of how many miles you do in your car whether you've taken one too many vacations in the greek islands uh, if you're eating too many cheeseburgers it'll all be centrally located uh, and that will make it all the more convenient for you yeah and they're, they're being honest so they're mm. exposing their true agenda because mm. obviously the best way to get to a modern person's heart is mm. to say that it's convenient for them mm. so well, and as always it starts as a choice Right. Well, it's just it'll help you and we'll give, you know, it, sometimes it goes the other way around or sometimes there's benefits to it. Or actually, that, I take that back. That's the way that's the way I talked about it the other day is they go, well, you know, you'll get a credit here or you'll get jump to the front of the line over here or you'll get a free beer or free food or free donuts, you know, whatever the nonsense they're pushing out. And then it eventually flips to where they go, whoa, well, now you have to. And if you don't, you're going to get a detriment. You know, you're going to have more taxes. You're going to be like, because you're the only one killing the planet still. Eventually, and then it becomes where they have this big righteous discussion about how how we let these people continue to hurt the planet. And then you're right in this. This is the classic evolution of how these things roll out. Oh, yes, you won't have to carry all your different papers and your passports. But the downside of it is, and I hope that people will start to see this, that the government can shut you down. Yeah. So, you you know, if you want to buy a burger, yeah. red screen, no mark, not for you. That flight, <laughs> not for you. Oh, but you can just buy it if you have enough money, right? So
Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is, guys, that this can easily flip. You know, all it will take is some gigantic action, whether faked or actual, to be like, look at what just happened. Look at this crazy Zoe heat wave we just had. Now we need to make them do it because it's the right thing for the planet. Like, it's not hard to see how easy it is for them to just quickly roll into authoritarianism with some kind of action or event. Here's Greek City Times. Greece rolls out digital wallets for citizens. Remember when that was fake news? ID and driving license now on the phone. What else? Your vaccine passport credentials, of course, but that's not what they would focus on. Here is another CBC News discussion about carbon budgets. How do they work? And are they effective? Well, this is where it's all going, right? Managing your life around carbon, despite the fact that that's not even really truly defined if that's the problem. You probably have a budget for your house or your personal spending, but what do you know about carbon budgets? Instead of money, a carbon budget looks at carbon dioxide, a greenhouse gas that traps heat in our atmosphere. We add carbon dioxide to our atmosphere every day in all kinds of ways. And the more we add, the more we heat up. At a... I mean, again, even that is arguably not entirely accurate. I'm not going to get into it all today, but the bottom line is there's a lot of this information that they just float as fact, even though there's very high-level experts in the world involved in this exact type of science that challenge this stuff. They just get dismissed as ridiculous, just like with COVID-19. Highest level, like someone like Peter McCullough, one of the highest-sighted doctors in his field, and yet he gets kicked to the side because he doesn't say the right thing. That's not how this works. He, he, you have difference of opinion. There's a controlled, centralized thought process here. The group think of the, of the government, of the governments, of the world's governments, and they just don't want anybody challenging that. It's simple as that. There's plenty of people that think this is not correct. Why are you not allowed to hear those other opinions? At a certain point, we will put too much carbon dioxide into the atmosphere to prevent raising the Earth's average temperature by one and a half or two degrees, which is the goal set by the Paris Agreement. Right. Okay, so a group of elitists got together in Paris and decided this is what has to happen. Therefore, we're set to that? Or the idea that that's actually even what's going to happen? That that's going, like, the, all of these are up in the air based on lots of other highly credentialed experts that challenge all of this stuff. I mean, even really quickly before we come back to that, just going to the next tweet, as Dave Rotenpoint, Brotman points out, and this is true regardless of, I'm not saying he's one of these experts, but just simply regarding the, the fact, CO2 is plant food. The carbon cycle is a necessary part of the ecosystem. By regulating carbon, that's the first point, they intend to tax and regulate everything, which is true. That is the plan. It's not about saving the world, but about power and control and money. And my point is always, is if it's just coming down to a carbon tax or carbon, like it's, it's money. The powerful and the, and the rich will abuse it, and you will be forced to go to, like, for instance, the companies will pay their tax and continue to pollute. The, the poor will just be screwed because they can't afford it and will have to reduce what they do. That is the smallest part of what's actually happening. Someone like the U.S. military, the literally, provably largest polluter on the planet, will just simply continue to do what they're doing and probably won't even get stuck paying their tax because, you know, national security. You won't be able to drive your car to work because of that, but they'll continue to do what they're going to do. And, but the point in the beginning, carbon cycle is a necessary part of the ecosystem. There's plenty of experts that argue that this is not even accurate what they're pushing. You can think of that as overspending, and that's where budgeting comes in. A carbon budget tells us how much carbon dioxide we can emit in order to stay below a certain level of warming. Carbon budgets come with a degree of uncertainty, factoring in the likelihood we hit targets, and even breaking down how much carbon dioxide each country can produce. It's actually funny. Somebody in the chat says, I like the crazy people who say climate change and what we need to do but they continue to live as we do and yell at us. Or actually, I, I read that differently. What's funny is, like, what they're actually, like, right now they're all pushing that we basically maintain the status quo. 
I mean, you know, maybe to some degree transition over to, you know, green power and the different things they're pushing, but it all ends up being the same thing. What runs those things? Coal, oil, same stuff. It's an illusion for the most part. The bottom line is, I'm not saying we shouldn't try to improve and be less damaging to the planet. Obviously, we're doing terrible things to the planet. My point is the U.S. military being the one of the biggest polluters of the planet. My point is simply that there's a lot of these people that fly on their jets and do all the same things they're doing right now as they yell at everybody else. That was his point in the chat. But on top of that, the direction they want to go is essentially maintain a lot of this stuff, but just pay the tax for it. How is that saving the planet? That's money. That has nothing to do with saving it. So you could pollute as long as you pay for it? It's just stupid. It's, but see, all of this ends up in a situation where it's a social credit idea, where the, the not powerful will be bound by this and have to take certain action or not take action if they don't have enough carbon tax or credits. That's what this amounts to. So while it's a pretty straightforward concept, carbon budgeting can get complicated very quickly. Think of it like a pie. It's all the remaining carbon dioxide allowed for the planet. And Canada is responsible for about 2% of the world's emissions. So should we also get 2% of the remaining carbon? That would come at an expense of developing countries, which typically produce far less carbon. So in that sense, do we divide it by population, which would shrink our slice down so much? Note that they're basically deciding for everybody else or hypothetically. Like all these countries that don't even want to be involved in this, they don't get a choice, you understand? Right. They're just not they're not they're third world country. We don't list of them. They're not in this, they're not in the elitist circle. So we're going to decide for them and then force it on them because it's the right thing to do. That's what they're doing to you right now. It's not their choice. They don't get to decide for other countries what they should or should not do. But that's what they're doing. We'd likely burn through it within a few years. A United Nations panel on climate change found we have about 500 gigatons of CO2 until we hit our cap and a 50 percent chance to limit warming to one and a half degrees. See my point? Like, where are these coming from? people disagree with half of this stuff. We only have a 50% chance by this time to limit it by this much. What do you mean 50% chance? How do you possibly make a metric like that? It, this is so self-serving, it makes me sick. And that's the number all countries will have to work towards, whether they have a carbon budget or not. Canada, for instance... Oh, okay, so even if you don't want to do this, you have a budget, because we said so. <laughs> ah, guys, these guys are maniacal. But the point is, guys, this is happening. It's coming your way. Here is the World Economic Forum... Saying, hey, how carbon markets can help the world, right? What can you do? The up, the uplink World Economic Forum, right? That up, uplink is obviously the problem here. This is it, that's been on there now for a while. This is this is the overlap with this technological, <clears throat> technocratic future they're building. Well, let's watch this clip as well. This is how nature can help the world reach net zero. It says we need to have half carbon emissions by 2030. Right, again, whoops. And this is this is the point. Dang it. This is the point of what they're setting for you, Agenda 2030. So right now, that's why. And we already showed you this yesterday. That's why they're reducing things in in the Norwegian countries. That's why they're shutting down farms and telling them to reduce cattle. It's there was a document that proved that they're they're telling them to do it to reach these goals. And then when they argue why everyone can't feed themselves, well, it's because Putin and the supply chain. Right? It's just flimsy, and everyone can see it. and drive them down to net zero by 2050 with the dangerous music in the background to avoid the worst impacts of climate change, which is completely subjective and up in the air, whether this is just a normal cycle or the fact that this is ha like, like we're going to have all this stuff happen, not because of their, what they're doing, but because of what you're doing and you're driving too much or because of the, the cattle that are there. All of this is disputed at the very least. 
and saying, and remember, people like Al Gore have argued this, we'd be underwater in most of these places by the year 2000, but we just keep moving the, the goalpost, just like everything else they're doing. Companies must redu prioritize reducing them. This is the point. And a lot of these companies have done so at the expense of their own profit model. Now, why does that make sense? What, where are all the businessmen that are allowing that? Right? Where are the, the shareholders? They're going, yeah, let's do it for, for carbon emissions. I'll take a hit on my stock. Yeah, right. Something is allowing them to be okay with that. Probably money from the government. For many, it says eliminating 100% of emissions will take years. 100%? During the transition, they can compensate with carbon credits. See, this is not a secret. Carbon credits are generated by projects and avoid, reduce, and remove emissions, like preserving forests, restoring wetlands, you know, or producing nuclear weapons and oil and gas, like the UK designed as, or as designated as part of the environmental sustainable and governmental discussion, the ESG discussion, right? Where we deemed those green technologies because they have an abstract way they lead to allowing us to fight for green things. Like, I'm not even making this up. We just talked about this. So they get stuff because they call it that. This it's, it's a broken, abstract, like they are turning whatever they want to into the right thing. But the things like this apply to you. At the end of the day, it is about controlling your life. Sustainable farming. You think the government practices sustainable farming? No, they, they practice sharecropping, or not share, uh, unicropping. And, you know, that's why you drive certain areas and all you see is corn. Which farmers know that that's not you should ne you should be alternating crops to to help uh, like I think it's the nitrogen different things coming back into the soil you alternate between like beans and different things because it changes the different the composition of the soil year to year right that's what real farmers would do nope they just dry up the ground the ground and move to the next location and half the time they buy off things they don't need and let them rot right that's totally sustainable though right no I'm talking about you sustainable farming is what you and when they say sustainable that's not even what they're talking about. That's the point. Sustainability is a good thing no matter how you slice it. They're not talking about sustainability. They're talking about food supply control. Accurately measure your credits, verified by an independent entity. Ah, who would that be? Cause environmental harm. Right. So because you pay for the credits, you're not causing environmental harm? How exactly do you make sense of that? any case, I'm, I'm tired of, of these people and what they're, I just, it's the same stuff. The whole thing is about how you can do this. And then it leads to this. Already taking action in your life without your input to reduce these things. Spain has now limited, just to limit air con and heating in shops to save energy. Is it to save energy or is it to reduce that exact discussion? Their carbon emissions, their, all this is what's happening. Spain, the Norwegian countries, even the United States and the UK, France for that. They're taking these actions to reduce your, or rather just collectively, their country's emissions. And then blaming anybody else, blaming Putin, blaming anything they can. Let's play this last one, or part of it anyway. Deberá mantener la calefacción en invierno. Now it says, in winter, the heating should be kept at a maximum of 19 degrees. Why do they get to dictate that? It's not their choice. 
I pay my bill. I can do what I want. You don't get to dictate that. That's that. That's called freedom, right? I can make my own choices. To set your arbitrary limits. I mean, this is why in places like California that they're shutting off your heat or your or your air conditioning in either winter or summer, like when it's the most important for you. They argue it's because I mean, it, there's so this has been happening in California long before they argue this is why, but now this is just dis, the argument and it's continuing. In verano, como mínimo a 27 grados centígrados. We want to keep shop doors closed when the air conditioning and central heating are on. For, as for monuments, the decorative lighting on the front of the buildings, they will also be switched off after 10 p.m. Now, this also is an overlap point with what's going on with Ukraine, Russia, and the problems in Europe and how they're struggling because of their own actions and blaming Putin for it. But it's also part, it's, it's also self-fulfilling, pro, or, uh, not, that's the wrong term. It is a, it's by design, let's put it that way, right? You're blaming them and taking these actions, which then in turn reduce the same things they're talking about. So it's, they're just finding another way to do these by blaming something else. Now, finally, last point in regard to how they are creating the infrastructure for the future of the biosecurity state, which leads us into the technocratic panopticon is what we ju- I just talked about this on, uh, I think it was Slow News Day. Polio found in New York washed wastewater as state urges vaccinations. The point is, this polio virus was present in wastewater in New York City suburb a month before they said it happened. And the whole point is, well, gee, had, we, had you listened to us, we would have been able to stop it, I guess, or do something, even though there's only one case that ever came out of this, yet they argued that it was all, like it says right here, the discovery of the disease from wastewater samples collected in June means the virus was present in the community before this happened. Um, it says they, they said in an email statement, the presence of the virus in the wastewater indicates there may be more people in the community, but they go on to say, but there's no new cases. Okay, well, then there's not then, right? The, the bottom line is you, they, they, they're arguing that they could have stopped it, but what would they have stopped? And how is that? Po- bottom line is to get to the cut to the chase. This is medical pre-crime. This is them saying they can, what right do they have to test your wastewater in the first place? I guess they just, you could, they could argue that it's collective and that there's nobody, but the bottom line is they're testing your wastewater and telling you that you're about to get sick. We told you, Whitney and I talked about this in 2020. This is building. It's happening right now. And this is the first step of saying too bad you didn't pay attention because we could have stopped it. Laboratory tests also confirm the strain in the case of genetically linked to one found in Israel. The point is they link to this here. Oh, for, secondly, they altered this article, by the way. I didn't bring it up, but for some weird reason, they changed and added a bunch of stuff and didn't update it at the bottom. You can look at that for yourself. But here's what they link to right here in the case from July 21st that they're discussing in, in context with the same point and the point that they didn't include in the second article, I wonder why, is that the state health experts found that the case originated what? From a strain of weakened virus used in oral polio vaccines. Thanks, Bill Gates, <laughs> right? The point is this is how that started. So is it because unvaccinated people or is it because you guys put something dangerous in the world and it affected other people, whether or not they're unvaccinated? It's crazy to pretend that's what you want it to be. That's your fault. And now they're going, look, we can detect them coming forward. It's about building the infrastructure of telling you that things are about to happen. The sensors on the streets or the things in, in the wastewater telling you that things will happen. And then the foregone conclusion is my mind, in my mind is that they do something. We let them do something. And then they say, good thing we did it because it didn't happen. And the real question should be, was it ever really there? You're... It, it, there's so much about this that is completely off the rails. If we can see them lying about everything else, why would we trust them there is beyond me. 
But as always, guys, I will continue to break this stuff down as, as best I can and bring the information to you. I think it's pretty obvious that you've been right and that you are right and that the reality is they've been lying to you from day one. And day one, I mean long before COVID-19, but COVID-19 too. <laughs> but thank you for being here, guys. Continue to question everything. Continue to ask the questions. And please check out all the other work of all the other great independent media out there that are also doing the same thing. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. What if the experts are wrong? What if quarantining the healthy doesn't actually save lives? What if wearing a mask in public is not effective? If you do not have a mask, you cannot ride public transportation, sir. My name is Dr. Jeff Barkey, and I'm here representing thousands of physicians across the country whose voices are being silenced because we don't agree with the mainstream media and the experts who are telling us what to do. Everything I've seen in the last nine days, all the things that just don't make sense, the patients I'm seeing in front of me, the lungs I'm trying to improve, have led me to believe that COVID-19 is not this disease and that we are operating under a medical paradigm that is untrue. Never in the history of this great republic have we quarantined the healthy. Never in the history of this great republic have we told churchgoers that it's illegal for you to exercise your First Amendment right of freedom of religion. Never in the history of this country have we been told that you can't go to church because it's not essential, but you can go get an abortion because that's essential. Never before in our country have we let criminals out of jail, but we've told you you can't exercise your Second Amendment right and protect yourself by purchasing a firearm. When liquor stores are deemed essential, but your businesses are deemed non-essential, there's something wrong going on. We called people's utilities this week and made them pay what could have been their last check to us to turn their lights on in a global health pandemic. But you don't care about that. You didn't want to meet. This booklet, the Declaration of Independence in our U.S. Constitution, was never designed to restrain the people. It was designed to restrain the government. We're realizing that the fatality rate of this virus is in the ballpark of a bad seasonal influenza. Do not let your voices be silenced. We will see eventually that this government-imposed cure is going to be worse than the virus itself.
But what's happening now as unemployment reaches 20 to 30 million people is those folks are now becoming dependent on the government. And what government dependency causes is a larger, more tyrannical government. We the people want to put our government back in its place. We want a small representative government, not a large tyrannical government. I'm here representing thousands of physicians around the country whose voices must be heard. We've never seen where we quarantine the healthy, where you take those without disease and without symptoms and lock them in your home. So you guys are asking me to leave the store for not wearing a mask when I have a medical condition, even though yours is pulled under your nose. A note that says I don't have to bring a note, and yours isn't even on. Just do whatever you want to do. It's America, right? Listen, I cannot wear a mask. Get out. Do not let your voices be silenced.